there's also a huge morale component to this, right? I have a team of eight developers now, and I don't want to force them to work in bad environments. So part of my job as somebody who is managing eight developers is actually to make sure that they never have that experience. Because one thing that I sell to my team is I'm in charge of making your work life enjoyable. And I'm not going to accept money from people who basically behave in toxic ways and then dump it on you guys. This all plays into sort of an overarching philosophy of we're supposed to be doing this for a long time and enjoying it and making money from it, but it's not supposed to be painful. And that works on all sides. So that works for me as the owner, that works for the clients, that works for my team members. So we want to apply that to everybody and hopefully create as close as we can to, to a win-win-win relationship. When you think about the relationships you build with your clients, what does that look like? Are you setting it up from the very first touch point to be a long-term relationship? Or do you approach it as a one and done kind of thing? I'm Susan Bowles and you're listening to Break the Ceiling, the show where we break down unconventional strategies you can use to save time, boost your profit and increase your operational capacity. Last week, I talked to Kate Strathman about using pricing strategies to move towards creating more equitable businesses. We talked about making sure that you're using strategies that make sense for your business, and also about how these pricing strategies are one way to build your values into the DNA of your business, and that your values should be a part of your pricing and business model choices. My guest today has really taken that to heart. Meet Rob Howard, the founder and CEO of Howard Development and Consulting. It's a web development firm that creative agencies trust when every pixel matters. One of Rob's core values is building relationships, and not just any relationships, long-term relationships with his clients and with his team. He treats his clients as friends, folks he's gonna be working with for five or 10 years at least. Some of his team members have been with him for a decade. And he's created some pretty unique offerings that reflect that value. We're going to talk about two of those offerings specifically in our conversation today. First, something that Rob calls an assurance plan, which is a hybrid retainer that allows him to continue to work with his web design clients long term on a recurring basis. And Rob offers a 30 day satisfaction guarantee on his work. So we'll talk about the logistics of both of these offerings, the impact to Rob's business, and how these are just a few of the ways that he infuses relationship building into every aspect of his agency. Hey, Rob, thanks for coming back to the show again. Hey, thanks for having me. So you run a web development consulting agency, and for most people, that the, for most people they think that means like one and done projects. So I have you build my website, you hand it over to me, and then maybe I come back to you in a couple of years to get updates or um, to change a few things. But you've actually intentionally built your business to be structured around retainers and this kind of recurring revenue model. So you really focus on building those long-term relationships with clients. So talk to me a little bit about why that's so important for your business. Sure, so yeah, so there's really two ways that I approach that same idea. Uh, one is sort of the traditional uh, retainer, which I'll talk about in a second. But the other is that even when I'm selecting clients or reaching out to clients, I'm really looking for people who have the potential to be long-term and have multiple projects. So my web development firm specializes in working with creative agencies. So anybody who's a designer, branding agency, marketing agency, 
And I kind of stumbled into that, you know, 10, 15 years ago because I came from a background in design and advertising and journalism. And it just kind of clicked that I could do the tech side of things alongside those designers who had that kind of similar background to me. But what really works about it is there's a combination of a single client who's going to bring multiple projects in over the course of a year or many years, right? And each one of those individual projects has the potential to become a maintenance retainer, right? So when you combine those two things, repeat clients and recurring revenue after the completion of the project, what happens is your business starts to um, shift from, well, I'm always hustling. You know, it used to be on January 1st, if I didn't do any work, I wouldn't make any money, right? But now I have a significant number of ongoing contracts that, you know, if all else remains equal, like those are still going to be there next year and the year after, right? So it's a huge shift, um, both in terms of the actual financial outcome, right? Obviously, it's better to have more recurring revenue than, than less, um, but also in the mindset. Um, I actually tell people, you know, when I'm starting those relationships, like I'm not really interested in like doing $2,000 worth of work and then never talking to each other again, right? Like that's really not how I want to operate as a business or as a, a freelancer or now a small uh, agency, right? Um, and there are some people who do want that, right? Who are on like the Fivers and the Upworks and stuff like that uh, as clients. But usually that's very refreshing for people to hear um, because they've usually had people who they wanted to work with but couldn't or got sort of lost in the shuffle after the first project, right? So what I found is everybody likes that uh, longevity and that, that long-term partnership. And when you lead with that and you're like, Hey, we don't really do one-off stuff. We do long, long-term partnerships, right? That's kind of the right thing to say to get the right types of clients into your, into your world. Um, and I found that it, you know, just creates higher quality relationships, brings in higher quality clients, and also obviously is financially beneficial for, for everybody because we're earning more money as an agency over the long term And the clients have somebody to rely on over the long term, which saves them money and allows them to earn more money as well. So one of the ways that you've kind of baked this relationship kind of structure into your into the DNA of your business is through something that you call assurance plans. Can you tell me a little bit about those? Yes. So the, the assurance plan, for example, we call it WordPress assurance when we built a WordPress site is um, I call it a type of hybrid retainer, right? So the big challenge with retainers is when you hear that word, you think of like a law firm who's just like holding your money, right? For no obvious reason. And there's kind of a negative connotation around the word retainer in a lot of cases. So what we do is we kind of merge three different ideas into something that that then doesn't feel like the same old kind of like, give me a bunch of money for hours in advance type of deal, right? Um, the other thing I'll say, because this is always uh, kind of a, the first question people ask, is um, I present the idea of the retainer literally in the first conversation that I have with everybody who could potentially work with me, because I want to set that frame, right? I want to say, hey, you know, we charge, you know, four to ten thousand dollars for a typical WordPress site, and then there's going to be an opportunity for you to do. Uh, WordPress assurance plan afterwards, and here's what that might look like, right? And I present it as optional, but I'm framing it as like, even in our first like minutes of conversation, this is not like a one-off thing. This is something where 
we're gonna actually be working together for a long time if all goes well and, and you want to continue the relationship. A lot of people tell me that they say, you know, I pitched a retainer after I finished the project and I thought it went really well, but the client said no, right? And it's because in a lot of cases, they're just not expecting that, right? They're not in that sort of mindset of, oh, this is going to be a thing that continues, right? So they haven't budgeted for it and they haven't set aside like the mental space for that thing to be something that they want. But if you started at the beginning, you're basically going in saying every project has this optional ongoing assurance plan associated with it. You get a much better response to those uh, to the retainer concept. Um, yeah, I mean, you're you're really yeah. building this in from the very beginning. You're filtering clients who want exactly. a long term relationship, and then you are preparing them from the beginning to say, we're going to have a relationship. Here's what it looks like. And the way I think about it is like, I don't want to work with somebody who I don't think I could be working with two years from now, right? Even if they're going to pay me a few thousand dollars this year, um, you know, not to say that you should be turning down work if that's something that helps your cash flow at the moment, but you really want to shift as quickly as possible to that mindset of, this is something where I really need to be creating long-term relationships because that's where, you know, we talk a lot about like the difficulty of scaling an agency or scaling life as a freelancer, but this relationship building in a lot of ways is scaling, you know, because you get to a place where you have so many retainers or so many referrals from people who you've known for many years, you know, that outreach to new clients almost becomes a moot point, right? Or is just like icing on the cake. So that's really the goal is to, is to, build long-term relationships and, and to think about like, I'm going to be in this for 10 or 20 years, right? Like wanting to make a career out of delivering a great service to people. Um, and that's very different than like the feed the beast mindset that I hear from a lot of agency owners where they're saying, you know, like, I really would love to do like a startup, but I'm just doing this for money for now. Right. And that's why I'm doing client work. I really don't look at that way. I look at it that way at all. Um, I really enjoy the client work. It's fun. It's profitable. It's a win-win for everybody. I'm putting food on the table of my team members. I'm doing great stuff for the people that I work with and I enjoy it. So like, I'm not trying to use the service work as a launch pad to some totally different career. Like this is the thing, you know? And when you think about it that way, like you think about these 20 year relationships that you're building and everything just becomes, I think rapidly more valuable and also just it becomes more clear like what you should do like what approach you should take to pricing to the way you handle difficult ethical decisions the way you handle hiring like all those things start to i think become much clearer and simpler in the context of like yeah this is the thing that i want to do for a long time and i want to build relationships to make that possible so talk to me a little bit about the actual structure of the assurance plan what like, how did you develop totally, yeah. it? What's in it? <clears throat> what is it? So first thing is I failed to sell retainers for several years, right? And it was just sort of like continuously making new stuff up basically until I hit on what I call the hybrid retainer. So it's a combination of three things. One is a fixed set of tasks that you're essentially going to do as like a monthly fixed project fee, right? So for WordPress, this is software updates and that sort of thing that just need to happen continuously. They basically can happen on my time, right? My schedule, but they have to happen weekly or monthly or, or something like that, 
right? Um, but it doesn't matter if you do them on Monday morning or Friday night, right? So that's sort of a fixed fee project every month. That's item one. And then the next item is <clears throat> a fixed set of reserved hours. So we call this, you know, basically support time or, or maintenance time. And the client can use that for whatever they want, but they're basically booking you in advance. Um, so we do as small as three hours per quarter for this. You know, we have clients who are on, you know, hundreds of hours per month as well. It depends on, on what they need. Um, but, you know, basically they're saying, we're booking you for this amount of time, whether we need it or not, over the course of every three months, you're going to give us three hours or 10 hours of your time, right? So that's item two. Item three is a non an intangible, and it's all about priority and skipping the line and getting sort of first dibs on our, on access to us. Um, and this is what kind of ups the ante for the assurance product. Um, we're basically saying, if you subscribe to this, we're going to make you first in line on every request ahead of all of our other clients who are not subscribed to it. And thus you get the assurance that you're always going to be like, we're always going to be here for you. You're going to get that response, you know, on the same business day or, or whatever it is. Right. Um, so the combination of those three things, a fixed fee monthly recurring project plus open hours plus priority and skip the line support creates something that is obviously similar in a lot of ways and parallel in a lot of ways to what you would consider a typical retainer, but it is very different in terms of the client's mindset and the anchors they have to the fees associated with it, stuff like that. So that's what we found is really the sweet spot. Um, and it actually allows these to sell, you know, and, and it was sort of a light bulb moment for me, like when the first one of these sold and then the second one and the third one within a couple of months. And I was like, whoa, like, Normally people just ignore me when I talk about retainers, but now, you know, you know, three people giving you money means you have something, right? That's yep. kind of a general rule of thumb, right? Um, so, you know, that happened very quickly when I, you know, really stumbled upon this after a lot of experimentation. And um, now it's been, you know, almost 10 years that I've been selling these. And I have clients who have literally been on these plans for 10 years and continue to appreciate them. Um, so it's been a pretty, pretty cool discovery and, and something that I've also helped other freelancers apply, uh, to their own businesses and their own agencies. So it's, it's very versatile and, and really, um, works well. I think because of that combination of those three different factors, it, it doesn't feel like <clears throat> the typical thing, right. And thus it, it is a lot more attractive to the typical client. Yeah. And it really continues to prioritize the relationship you know you're you're saying you are my first priority i i care about this relationship and um i think that that positioning really just emphasizes that the relationship is beneficial on both sides and that both sides actually care because i think a lot of times um as providers sometimes we forget that like we're supposed to care too <laughs> like both yeah. sides care <laughs> And I really, um, I like to look to businesses, brick and mortar businesses for inspiration on these types of things, because I think they just do a much better job and have much more experience than sort of the, the people who are only in the digital world. Um, because I think in the digital world, you lose some of that personal touch, right? But like one of my favorite companies is the company that does my plumbing and heating and cooling services at my house, right? And they just do such a nice job of you know, creating this customer service experience, creating this, we're going to be here for you. You know, they they 
you know, sell stuff that's similar or along the same lines as what I'm selling, right? Even though it's a physical service as opposed to a digital service. Um, and, you know, when you take it a little bit beyond just the digital world, I think you find a lot more examples of this type of relationship building. Um, so I find a lot of inspiration in that and, and, you know, directly borrow a lot of those ideas for my, you know, on, online business. It's that time of year. Time to set some new goals or consider your New Year's resolution. And if you're like a lot of business owners I know, you might be thinking that this is the year you're gonna get your shit together when it comes to your money. You're gonna start reviewing that P&L statement you get every month. You're gonna be more intentional about how you spend and closely tracking the ROI you're getting. You're gonna get clear on exactly how you're making money and how you can make more of it without working yourself into the ground. Now, if you're both nodding your head and feeling the anxiety rise in your chest as I describe these financial goals, I see you. We all have the best of intentions about how we're going to manage our business finances, but few people actually follow through on learning how to manage their business's money or execute the financial plans they create. You want to feel like you're on top of your money stuff but it's tough to climb over all the questions and reports and bank accounts and spreadsheets. That's where I come in. I help you think like a CFO. Working together, you'll learn the skills you need to confidently make database decisions about how to spend your money and how to structure your business so you make more. You'll build a more resilient business that's efficient and easy to run and you'll create meaningful financial processes so you're never caught with your pants down again. Think Like a CFO is a six-month accelerator, online workshop, and coaching program that will teach you to think about your business like a CFO would. We'll cover six core topics, including risk and resilience, investing in your business, scaling sustainably, and your relationship with money. You'll also get dedicated implementation time and live support so you don't get stuck on the details or the execution. And you'll get a clear path to true small business financial literacy so you can connect your money to every other aspect of your work, from daily operations to long vacations. Think Like a CFO is enrolling right now, and when you register before December 31st, you'll also get my course, Not Rocket Finance, which is the perfect primer for Think Like a CFO. To find out more about Think Like a CFO and finally get your business shit together, go to scalespark.co slash CFO. So you have something else that you've built into the business that's i think pretty unusual but also really emphasizes um that relationship and you offer a 30-day unconditional money back guarantee which i think is uh, I i've never seen another service provider offering it besides you so can you tell me a little bit about it how does how does it actually work sure so you know the one of the reasons it it works is because no one else does it Right? Um, right, but I think more people should do it because uh, I think there's a lot of there's there's benefits in there's there's dozens of benefits to it that I'll, that I'll kind of run through as best I can. But basically, the way it works is, you know, we provide web development services, so we'll ask for a deposit right at the beginning of your project. You'll sign a contract, right? All the usual stuff. But within that contract, it says if for any reason you're dissatisfied with anything, you can have all your money back in the first 30 days, and you can keep all the work we've done for you will transfer, you know, ownership to you, 
right? So literally on day 29, you could get, you know, a free project if we're almost done with it or something like that. Um, so obviously it's very different from the way most other web developers and really most freelancers and agencies in general present things. Um, and as you said, it does, it's intentionally a relationship building tool, right? Cause it's kind of me putting my money where my mouth is and saying like, if this is not going to work out, like let's not work together. I'll take all the risk here. Right. If we're not going to work together for years and we know that after 15 days, like we shouldn't bother each other anymore. Right. Um, and we see this a lot in physical products as well as in like online courses and stuff like that. Right. Where there's a risk reversal, a money back guarantee, you know, it's try it for 30 days. If you don't like it, you know, send it back and keep the free gift as our as our gift to you, right? Like that's a very common sales practice elsewhere, mm -hmm. uh, and it works because it takes all the risk off of the buyer and puts all the risk on the seller, right? So I want to do, you know, basically the same exact thing with my service business because everybody has this built-in concern about, you know, especially in the world of web development, there's just a lot of sketchy providers out there, uh, which is unfortunate, but also kind of good for me because it allows me to be really good at something that a lot of people are really sketchy at. Right. Um, so, you know, if the, I think if it wasn't for the fact that everybody who works with me comes in with a bad experience from the previous developer, sales would probably be a lot harder for me, but because I'm able to do this trust building experience and I'm like, we do this all the time. We have a guarantee. Like, you know, we don't mess around. Um, you know, it instantly builds trust in a way that most of my competitors are not doing. So I'll dig in a little bit to the, the sort of the components of the, of the guarantee. One is basically it takes all the risk away from, from the buyer. Like they're still risking their time technically, but like the worst case scenario is they get their money back and they get some amount of work done for free. Right. So that really, um, changes the experience, the buying experience dramatically. It doesn't take away the risk that they might waste a month if the project doesn't go well. Um, but a lot of people have actually lost a lot of money from bad web developers who sort of never finish the project, but build them anyway. Um, so it speaks to a specific pain point that they, that most of people have in or have had in the past. And it kind of takes away as much risk as possible from that. The other thing that it does is it forces me as the seller, right? To only engage with people who I trust as a buyer, right? So this is especially problematic for a lot of early career freelancers and agency owners where they're basically just like taking any random horrible project that comes in. And they'll even say like, I know this is going to be a horrible project, but I'm taking it anyway, right? Because I want that cash flow for this month. I mean, I've, I've heard dozens of people say say those exact words basically like i know i shouldn't do this but uh, it's two thousand dollars so i should i'm just gonna do it you know and what ends up happening is six months later everybody's miserable right uh but with the guarantee it actually puts a much more specific tangible risk on you as the consultant or the freelancer right and it forces you to say like what are the chances that this person's going to refund 20 days from now and for a lot of these people who we know are going to be bad clients, like the chances are actually super high. And you can see that before you even sign that contract. Right. Um, and, you know, I've had that same experience when I was, you know, younger and earlier in my career as well. And with the guarantee, it actually forces me 
to be more selective and I'm kind of setting myself up in a good way, right? To sort of change, change my psychology as the seller to say like, I can't just sell to anybody because I can't take this risk, right? That they're going to ask for their money back in a month. Um, so in other words, it does good things on both sides of the equation. Um, and it's just, I think the right thing to do from a ethical and kindness standpoint, right? Like I want to take my clients in and sort of treat them as I would treat a friend, right? So like if I told my friend I was going to help him move or paint his house or something, right? And I just didn't show up or did like a super shitty job on it. Like I wouldn't ask him for a bunch of money at the end of that process, right? I'd say, oh, I'm really sorry. I'll, I'll make it right or I won't charge you for it or, or whatever that is. So I want to treat my clients in a similar way. Um, and I want them to know that that's the way that I'm intentionally engaging with them. Um, and again, you know, it all plays into the long-term relationship. It all plays into the idea of like, if I'm going to be doing this for 10 or 20 years, like I want to do it right. And I want people to be out there vouching for me that I'm doing it right. Yeah. And I think, uh, there's obviously a lot of really positive impacts because it's another filter forcing you to filter for the right clients, ones that are looking for that long-term relationship. And, you know, it's a great sales tool. Have you seen any downsides to offering this? I think one of the big hesitations for folks to offer a guarantee like this on their work is that, you know, they're afraid everyone's going to take advantage of them. They'll be out yeah. a bunch of money or a bunch of work. So have you seen that actually happen? So I've been doing this for more than, I think, more than five years with the guarantee, you know, as it's written today. And I've never had anybody act maliciously as a result of the guarantee being there right like there's that's partially because i'm filtering people right but i've never had anybody be like yeah i'm gonna take up take up on your guarantee and you know take your work and not pay for it right because in doing that they're basically torpedoing the long-term relationship right because obviously if you do that i'm not working with you again in the future right so that's never happened and you know that's across hundreds of projects so i feel like that's a pretty good um record um, what I will say is that I have refunded people, but it's in a, it's in situations where we agree that it's not working mutually and we're both okay with that. And I want it to be on me because I want to be, you know, a better than average business owner, if that makes sense. So I had a recent experience where um, we had a client who just wasn't super tech savvy and they kind of bit off more than they could chew. And I think, you know, for, for some weird reasons, they had a higher budget than what I think they really were sort of ready to handle um, because of some outside funding, right? So they were like, yeah, let's do this thing for this like $5,000 project. And quickly within like a few weeks, we realized that like they weren't really fully aware of what the scope needed to be. They weren't asking questions that indicated that they really understood the product that they were asking us to build. And we really worked through it as well as we could. And I think delivered something that was 95% of the way there, but it, they just were never really expressing any sort of satisfaction or positivity about the results, even though I thought, you know, my team did a pretty good job under the circumstances. So they actually didn't want a refund, but I canceled the project and gave them a full refund unilaterally because I felt that there was not really a path to success and to a good long-term partnership there. So, you know, I ended up losing some money because I had paid my team on that project. But the flip side of it is that 
because that guarantee was there, I was able to use that as a sort of justification and legitimacy for canceling what I felt was going to be a bad project if we tried to keep pushing on it. Um, so, you know, I spent a couple thousand dollars in costs, but what happened was everybody walked away from that experience happy, right? Even the client, they got, you know, 95% of what they wanted for free. I spent a little money to ensure that they had the best experience possible. And rather than it being like this long contentious thing, they were like, you know what, this sucks, but we understand and we appreciate what you did here, you know? So if you think about that compared to like going to small claims court over four or $5,000, right? Which is what a lot of people do. And I've seen a lot of people not just waste time and money, but just like drain their energy for no reason over relatively minor problems where they just felt like they had to fight, you know? Um, avoiding that type of fight experience and that type of just wasteful energy and and sort of bad uh, bad vibes, right, uh, is worth some money to me. And I feel like that's an example of where the guarantee indirectly allowed me to actually have everybody walk away from what could have been a very bad situation with a pretty good experience overall. Yeah, I, I love that perspective because I think, you know, even if you aren't necessarily the right fit for them or they're not quite at the point where they are ready to work with you, you still both walk away with you know a really positive view of the relationship and your work and they could still be a potential referral for you even if they weren't a good client yeah, totally um, and really emphasize I, I love the idea that it is a potential off-ramp for you as the yeah. provider because a lot of times we we, we may not n see the red flags during the sales conversation i mean i think the longer you have the more conversations you have, the easier it is for you to start to identify red flags. But even those of us yeah. who have been doing it for a really long time, sometimes people sneak through and yeah, I got, I got really tripped surprised. Up on this one. In retrospect, I was like, wow, I should have seen this. But I, you know, they came in through a referral from a referral. So it was like, I felt like there was a little bit more legitimacy there than in retrospect there really was, um, or a little bit more validation or qualification, I should say. Um, so yeah, so, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years and I still get tripped up sometimes. So it's nice to have this backstop or this off ramp, you know, to say, well, if it doesn't work out, yeah, it may cost me a couple thousand dollars, but like in the scheme of things, it's so much better for me to have my sanity and my mental energy, right? Like I would, you know, my, my, uh, technology director and I were both like, yeah, I would pay $2,000 to not deal with this anymore. You know, <laughs> and we're like. And so we can, you know, and that's okay. Um, and when you have this, you know, it kind of, it kind of goes back to the idea of like setting that expectation up front. Like I talked about with the retainers, like the guarantee sets the expectation up front that if this doesn't work out, there's an out for everybody. It includes us giving you a lot of money back. Right. And that's okay. You know, it's not, there's no hard feelings, you know? Um, and this was a good example of it working out I think without hard feelings or with the bare minimum amount of hard feelings. Um, and I've seen the exact opposite happen in a lot of other cases. Like I've talked to a lot of people who are like, yeah, I'm suing this client for $2,000. And I'm just like, why? Like go get another client with that time. That's actually going to be that 10 or 20 year partnership, you know? Um, so I think the guarantee um, is a, is a, documented way of putting that into practice and it's it, like i said it's it's worked extraordinarily well a lot of people 
react very positively to it. You know, I know people read it and take it seriously because occasionally they'll ask me questions about it and clarify stuff. And they're like, like it's a real thing for people and they, and they trust it. Um, so for the good clients, it, it really takes a lot of the, <clears throat> um, friction out of the sales process. Right. Um, and it also gives you that, that out, like you said, for, for projects that don't work out well. Well, and given that your business model is essentially, you want to build very long-term relationships. So you're working with clients for a long time, you know, theoretically there's unlimited capacity, but in reality, that's not actually, you know, you could keep scaling and scaling and scaling, but that's not really true. Um, especially if you want to really invest in this relationship with your client and treat them as friends. And, you know, if you think about it as a, you, you only have so many slots in your stable and you want that stable to be full of the best horses. Yes. Um, you don't have space in your business for relationships that aren't going to be long-term and aren't going to be your favorite people to work with. Yeah. And there's also a huge morale component to this, right? So for, you know, I talked a little bit about mental energy and that kind of plays into that. Right. But I also have a team of eight developers now, and I don't want to force them to work in bad environments. Right. And these, you know, there are definitely like toxic clients out there who make everyone's life miserable. So part of my job now as somebody who's managing eight developers is actually to make sure that they never have that experience. And if they do that, I put an end to it essentially immediately. Right. Cause one thing that I sell to my team is I'm in charge of making your work life enjoyable. Right. And I'm not going to accept money from people who basically behave in toxic ways and then dump it on you guys. Right. Um, so, you know, this all plays into that. This all plays into sort of an overarching philosophy of we're supposed to be doing this for a long time and enjoying it and making money from it. Right. But it's not supposed to be painful and that works on all sides. Right. So that works for me as the owner that works for the clients that works for my team members who are, you know, my contractors or, you know, people who are working on these projects. Um, so we want to apply that to everybody and hopefully create as close as we can to, to a win, win, win relationship for everybody. Yeah. And you've really done a spectacular job in my opinion <laughs> of building that value into every aspect of your business in a way that I think, um, most people don't, manage to do you know it's in your it's in your sales process it's in your packages and the way you've decided to design your services it's in this you know guarantee and ability to offboard um and i think it's it, it's something that runs through all the thread of everything you're doing which is unusual the funny paradox to to all that stuff is you know it is it, it, as I as my business has grown, it has become a more and more of a conscious philosophy. Whereas I think 10 or 15 years ago was almost an unconscious or accidental philosophy. Um, but there are so many little things in the way that I've structured the business that, on their face or if you take them alone, they seem like they would actually cause the business to to make less money. Right? Like the guarantee is an example of something where you're like, "Ooh, that seems risky. I might make less money." as a result of that. But when you aggregate all these things together and you create this experience where like everyone 
has good morale and feels great and wants to work together forever, they actually multiply the business's income dramatically, even though they seem like they should be negative to the business in, in some ways. Like it's a very strange um, kind of feedback loop uh, in some ways, but you know, it's that like just doing good things for people actually causes you to make a lot more money over time. So mm -hmm. it's a, it's a strange uh, way of slicing it because it's not always super obvious that that's how it's going to play out. And I think that's why you hear, you know, that feedback of like, well, what if somebody takes me up on the guarantee and then I lose some money and, you know, there's all sorts of little things like that along the way. Or what if I turn down this project and I don't get another project this month, right? Um, but in the long-term aggregate, it actually ends up creating a much more robust and valuable experience uh, for everybody involved. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think if you grabbed one piece of what we've talked about and implemented it in isolation, it probably wouldn't work as well as it being just kind of part of your DNA, yeah. part of this overall structure and value that's been built in. Yeah, now that I'm hiring more, I'm starting to do that with, you know, employee compensation and um, the way that we do, you know, revenue sharing and stuff like that. And I'm having that same experience where like, I'm like, oh, this is actually a cost, but it's really not a cost. It's actually an investment in growth and in morale and in, you know, a honestly win-win experience for everybody. And I think um, we're not really trained to do that in a lot of cases, right? And a lot of business owners are instinctively, you know, instinctively averse to those types of ideas, right? Giving your team members a share of your revenue, for example, on a, on a regular basis, on a, on some sort of like, like fixed schedule and fixed formula, but it, but it's a huge benefit in the long term when it's done within that overarching business philosophy, right? So those are all things that, you know, have evolved over 20 years for me. But, um, you know, I found that there's a lot of that like paradoxical benefit where it's like, yeah, I'm spending money, but it's actually um, an investment in a much more successful business and happier people over the long term. Yeah, I, I think that's a good place to start to wrap it up on. Is there anything that you think we should talk about that we haven't touched on yet? Not off the top of my head unless you want to dig deeper into any of our uh, topics so far. No, I think we're good. So where can our listeners find you if they want to connect or learn? Sure. Uh, so check out howarddc.com or hdc.us if you want the uh, shorter, easier for a podcast uh, domain name. Um, that's Howard Development and Consulting. And um, I have a free 56-page uh, guide uh, for hiring web developers that talks about all of the stuff that I've learned over 20 years and hiring you know, dozens of, of web developers. So it's framed for agency owners who may be trying to augment their team or hire a developer for the first time. Um, and it basically talks about exactly where to find people, what kind of job listings to post, and kind of my whole philosophy on that process. And that's free. Uh, if you go to howarddc.com or hdc.us, you can grab that there. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here today, Rob. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. It. it was fun. Rob's Assurance Plan hybrid retainers are a great way to build recurring revenue into his business to make sure that it's healthy and sustainable. And that in turn means he can pay his team well and create a great environment for them to work in. 
but it's also designed to build a long-term relationship with his clients. Rob wants to work with people for years, so he designed an offering, his assurance plans, that really allows him to emphasize to the people that he's working with that they are his priority. His unconditional guarantee works both as a filter to make sure he's working with clients who want to build that long-term relationship, and it can also serve as an easy off-ramp if he accidentally ends up working with folks who aren't a good fit or who don't have that as a value too. But the guarantee works with the assurance plan and with Rob's sales and delivery process to make sure that his value of building strong relationships is emphasized at every step of the way. Next week, I'm talking to Hunter Welling, an outsourced CMO, about how she works with clients in a recurring intensive model. So if you're someone like me who loves working with clients intensively, but also wants to make sure that you've got that recurring revenue in your business, make sure you hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player so you don't miss it. Break the Ceiling is produced by Yellow House Media. Our executive producer is Sean McMullen. Our production coordinator is Lou Blazer. This episode was edited by Marty Seafeld with production assistance by Kristen Runbeck.